Hello guys, welcome to another episode of the On About Nothing Transfer Show. Um, once again, it's a it's a duo in the studio, but this time, while while I'm back in from missing last week, bullishes, bullishes, bullishes unavailable. But we have some transfer window madness already. So bright, thank you for having us today. I'm I'm sorry because you came to this yeah. podcast to tackle bullish, but don't worry. We'll go back by then. <laughs> Thank you for having me, guys. Actually, my my aim of joining the pod today was different. <laughs> my aim was to cover uh, a lighting bullish on why I think whatever it is that Barcelona is doing um, on a business level is not sustainable. And to my greatest surprise, the man I came for was not here, so I had to fill up for him. <laughs> Thank you for having me, guys. Well, I think we should already just dive into it and talk about that because... This transfer window, this transfer window is primarily about Barcelona. Because any club, any player you may be for, they will jack if they want to. They don't have money, but they are buying players. Like, they don't have to with the players. So, and as you said, the the performance does, is not sustainable. Can you like, just walk us through the format of why it is not sustainable and what the long-term danger this is for Barcelona? Yeah, I, I know that looking at it from a short-term old scope, looking at it on sh- on a short-term level, it looks like a very, very good band-aid. And that is just what it is. It's a band-aid. Because a band-aid that is not followed up by proper medical care would probably lead to even a worse casualty. Now, looking at the books, if you look at, um, if you look at the wage average within the top five leagues, only three clubs have... Barcelona does. Now, now I, I understand the fact that a lot of these players are going to Barca because of the allure, which is an undeniable fact. It is just undeniable fact. Like Bolish rightly pointed last week, is the fact that if Lewandowski was in a strong club like Barcelona, he shouts for the, for the Ballon d'Or. That is, without, that is without an iota of fact or argument to be placed to it. But the fact that uh, Barcelona still has to match wages like, um, I think for Lewandowski is like a little above 300,000 pounds per week. Uh, they still have somebody like the John guys on like on 470. They have Bosque that is on like 350 or thereabout. They have Dudiaba that is still on 330. And when you look at these wages, when you look at even new players that they brought in, look at um, Frank Kessier. I think Frank Kessier is on like 200 above. So when you look at all of this average, to take a big toll on their annual wage bill. Now, we are talking about an annual wage bill that would still be in tune of 200 million pounds every year. So, now, yes, it looks like uh, there's, there's um, yeah, but a very elongated period of time They've sold their TV rights. They're still planning on selling more of their TV rights. And hopefully, they will be able to bolster their league more, their team more. But me, I feel like at this point in time, they are trying to punch for immediate success. And we all know, when you look at the economic condition of the, of the world generally, it is not something that is sustainable because their major source of revenue is ticket sales. And their ticket sales has dropped by 23%, if I'm not mistaken, like sales. And yeah. it is, it's not the fact that 
their football is no longer appealing. That is not it. Food, I, I think um, for the post Guardiola era, this is the most appealing football I've seen from Barcelona. But it's the fact that the fans that are buying these tickets, the fans that are fueling this spending, don't actually have the financial power. So when you look at all of this and you put it together, you would see that this can this is something that is only sustainable for say a year or two. Now, what happens when they are not getting enough revenue to match their expenditure? It is just simple economics. For you to have profit or loss, for you to have profit, your revenue must expenditure. The moment your expenditure outweighs your revenue, you are going into a loss. And factor that into a club that has a, a long-term debt of a billion pounds. How would you sustain that? So that is just where, like, it's none of my business. I think in band time, I would, it would only please me more if they keep buying players and they still get trashed by Real Madrid and eventually they get dumped out of the Champions League and the 50 million year and year that they're supposed to make from either TV rights as they sold, the 50 million they should be... Because when you look at it, the amount you make from winning trophies... In actual sense, it is not much enough to offset debt if we are being realistic. It is not that much enough to offset debt. And that is why a club like United would be performing terribly on the pitch. And they would still be in the top five earners, in the top three earners in the world. Because they are able to market their brand. They are able to sell to what actually sells. What actually sells is ticket sales, sponsorships, and deals. That is what sells. So it's a very fun thing to look at when you look at sports management. It's something that I am very, very interested in studying over the course of the season. And it promises to be a great story. Yeah, and <clears throat> people have made the point that Barcelona cannot afford another kind of lockdown whereby an outbreak happens and fans are required to not be in stadium. But the moment that happens, the club will be a catalyst. That will be a catalyst to trouble. <laughs> But the way it's be right now is dripping, like it's basically leaking at this point. So, so moving on to away from Spain and to England, um, one thing we have not talked about yet in the window so far is sports, and they've decided they started to transform into like like a house on fire because they're making signings here and they've gotten six. They've stopped now, but they still have this. They still left. They've still made up significant additions. And it's going to help their score depth. Do you think this this team has them equipped? They are the new players that have them equipped for a title challenge. Or do you still think Liverpool and Manchester are still so far above? Now, um, I, I I have to commend what Conte has done in with sports. The fact that the transfers they've done this summer have actually addressed needs. Now, the fact remains that the transfers they've done in the past are just. I would like call it. I I, would, I like to call them cosmetic transfers, transfers that <laughs> transfers that kind of um, boost the repertoire of the club and not actually address on pitch issues. Now, but what begs the question that the two clubs that are actually in contention? We have to be very sincere and very straightforward here. They are still just two clubs that are in actual contention for the league. Tuku was was. After their last second to last processing game to say 
come guys, we are far away from these two guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, the fact remains that I still feel that sports are like a light year away from where they are supposed to be in contention for the league. Now, we might be wrong. Um, Pep might come because traditionally since Pep for six or seven years that he has been in the Premier League now, their, their opening features or their opening form or their opening precedence has not been as good as when they now eat the ball rolling. So, Man City might not start the league well, not like they would lose, but they would not be shipping in goals. They, they might be shipping in some goals and they might not be giving their opponent enough goals and that might give a little bit of room for people to start saying this like, oh, sports is in contention. But I feel when it comes to talent-wise on the pitch, level at which Liverpool and Man City are presently. And wow, it will take a lot of money to get there. I have to be very sincere. Yeah, it definitely will. It, I think the consolidation for sports now is that they look like the best of the rest. Like after Man City and Liverpool, is probably... They're probably the ones. They probably are both Chelsea right now because the kind of manager they have and the signings mm-hmm. they made. And perhaps, perhaps, hopefully, if they if win a domestic cup, like FA Cup or League Cup, and get to the semi-final, that would be like okay. a catalyst. Yeah. Exactly, like okay, and boost something. You can afford to spend more money, so so so. And so. Um, staying in England and the Premier League, um, um, as I think, I feel like this transfer window also centers my United. Um, for a while now, because they've made some signings. Ericsson is a fantastic signing. Um, Tyrone Malaysia has joined as well. But they, they see the Frankie de Jong saga, the Ronaldo saga, and ultimately they still need, they probably still need the rise back and defensive misfitter. But I feel like I, I ask from a perspective as a United fan here, and as well as someone who watches United. Do you, like, A, who else, what kind of which other position do you think United needs to sign players for? And B, do you think they'll make any more signings for the window closes? Uh, um, at the moment, I think um, it, it is fair to say that uh, there's no transfer window that will go and United will not be a topic of discussion, a strong topic of discussion. Either they are struggling under David Moyes or Van Gaal is trying to install himself as a force to record with or they're just clueless and they run through three managers within the space of 12 months. <laughs> so, so um, but it goes without saying that I feel that one point in that team that needs addressing is, is actually a proper central forward. Now, I get a stick, I get, I get, I get a stick a lot from United fans when I say this, but I still don't reckon that Anthony Marshall is in any breadth, an above-average striker. And considering the fact that Ronaldo is not a substance I would want to start a rebuilding on, I feel that if, if they are going to follow the narrative of they are going into a transition of rebuilding the team, Ronaldo is not much. He's, he's arguably one of the greatest... He's arguably the greatest player of all time, but... Is not the kind of player that you want to now start building a team around when you are trying to form a new core of players. So I feel like an outright striker that would be that would be reliable to help you to deliver more goals 
in the final third is one of the major issues that they need to address. Now, other than the obvious issues, that is, I've always said it, Wambisaka is shared. Um, uh, whatever it is that Shakhtar Donetsk sold up, I don't understand. But I feel that uh, Eric Ten Hag can still patch that DMF in the sense that I don't know the algorithm he has been running, but there has been a system that I find weirdly satisfying at times when he plays, when he plays that um, Fred McTominay combination. Now, I, I, I know Scotia did it and it didn't work out, but there has been a way he has been doing it and it looks pleasing to the So you're talking about my United's rebuild. Yeah. So, and is in it. Yeah, I was, I was saying that um, one important part they need to address is the central forward role and um, presently the defensive midfield is, looks like something that Tenag has been able to offer I can go with that because a lot of times the efficiency of that role has been dependent on other roles when you look when you watch their games from right wing from the attacking midfielders always coming to always dropping deep at times and but another portion, another um, not portion, I wouldn't call it portion, another position that needs addressing is the right back. Though presently, we have um, Diego Dalo presently deputizing, and there has been average, but I feel that is another role that needs to be addressed. So that's just it. Yeah, um, I, I even agree with the right back here because. Dalo is too erratic and is a bit too inexperienced to compete yeah. in a, at the highest level. And again, Wabisaka is not the kind of right back that he's going to use because his qualities on the ball are not so good at all. Which is definitely an interesting to look at. And the question now is if there are right backs on in the market that fit that profile and would also want to join at this point. So it's so definitely something that is, is worth looking at between now and the to transform into. And if nothing happens, it's going to make for an interesting season in that, especially for United in that area. Um, and in yeah, before we call it a day, because this is a, quite a short episode. Um, um, the transform window has gone on for a while now. It's basically been almost two months since that started. So if you like, to, if you would point out like. Your favorite transfer so far? What would they, which one would they be? Mm, favorite transfer. Wow, that's 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 a deep one. <laughs> and I think I might I might need to take a breather to look at my favorite transfer so far. <laughs> but I, I think my favorite transfer so far would have to be the fact that Leon. Could ship back their players without having to pay a dime. For me, I think <laughs> that, that, that has that has been my favorite transfer so far. Taking Tolisio back, having like I said back, and we we can't arguably like we can't deny the quality of these players. Yes, they might not they might not have worked perfectly um, in where they were coming from, but the fact that. Leon can actually bolster back their, their their team without having to to consider the economic condition of the market presently, not having to spend a dime to get those players. I, I think that those are my best transfers so far. 
And my worst transfer, I know you didn't ask, but I just needed to say this. <laughs> my worst transfer has been the lack of time. I know it looks like, yes, there's still a lot of time, but... Yeah, they're the only Premier League teams who have not signed anyone yet. Yeah, they, they've not signed a single player, and every, every passing day indicates that somebody is coming for their best players. There was there was a rumor over the week that Schumacher is going to to France. There's still this overing transfer over Telemann and it's just like, what are you guys doing? Are you guys just folding your hands, or do you want to go back to the championship? And I just feel for them that much. Yeah, if I would like, to, if I would point the favorite transfer so far, I think. I really like the look of Ryan Sterling to Chelsea because what he adds to that attack will be something yeah, different. But, but my, my issue with that transfer, sorry to interrupt you, my issue with that transfer is the functionality of the team. Everybody. And it, it, it signals a bad, um, a bad vibe in the dressing room for Chelsea at the moment. I would love to see how that goes. Yeah, I would definitely love to see how that goes because I feel like maybe Chelsea might not even need a conventional like alternate number nine anymore. If you get someone like Sterling who can come in from the wings and cut inside and draft players out of position, the concern may I have in particular is that for the past two seasons, Tukul has not seemed to be able to get that attack to like the players don't seem to understand what to do in this position. And since Tukul has joined the best attacking player, will probably be Rich James, which is something that he needs to fix. So the look of Sterling in that attack might offer them something very different, like directness, space in behind. So and it's definitely going to be interesting for me to watch. And if I'm going to pick a questionable transfer so far, I I don't I just I'm not sure about the Maria to Juventus because Juventus <laughs> need to do something. Juventus needs to do something different. They need to trim that squad. And rebuild. I don't know why they're signing a 34 year old after again for 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 what reason? Because it just it just feel like the club are also looking for short term success and just wait now. Just fuck up. We can do it now. And move on. It looks very questionable, and I won't be surprised if Leoti doesn't work. But it's definitely interesting interesting to see. So I think that's all we have for for this episode. As I said, it's a very brief one. Um, Bullish is not around, so a lot of our, a lot of the proposed trolling did not work, could not work. But who knows? Hopefully next week we will rectify that. <laughs> so, Abi, hopefully next week we will find a way to rectify that. So, Bright, thank you so much for joining me tonight. Thank you for. It was a yeah, good and thanks to everyone for listening. Stay safe, everyone. Stay safe. Cheers, guys. <laughs>